On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Climbers, if you want to get on the album of a major artist, you need to put yourself in the boots of a major artist and then step those boots on stage. What am I talking about? Listen up to find out and listen up to increase your chances of getting a cut. Johnny, do your thing, bud. Welcome to the climb. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. This show is designed to help you, the artist, transform out of the old music business in the way that it worked, which is just, hey, have a lot of talent and hope to God that a record label picks you up and transform into the new music business, which is you got to do it for yourself. You got to be a business person. You got to be a marketer on top of being an artist, create some leverage, and then all those things are going to come to you. And what's cool is they're going to come to you on your terms, not anybody else's terms. That's what you want. This is the deal. That's why we call it the climb, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That is a Baxternym from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady a, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a couple number ones in gospel in the last 12 months as well. Still making miracles happen. And what I love about Brent is he can take a songwriter like you. He helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you're going to write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he connects you with the pros. He connects you with those publishers, with those artists, with those producers, so that you can begin to create the relationships you need to get songs cut and make your dreams come true. That's what it's all about here. You can find it very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but yeah, Johnny's smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. And Ronnie McDowell. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other. Johnny D. Johnny, it's good to be back. I feel like I've been missing you. I'm back. You have been missing me. I have been kind of off the grid. I went down to um, Key West to see a rock festival, man. It was friggin' awesome. And get- um, I got stuck. <laughs> you got stuck in Key West, huh? Yeah, it it, um, it was like a four-day festival, like hair bands and stuff. It was friggin' awesome. Yeah. And um, I went down there with Janelle and my sister and my brother-in-law, and we just – tore it up and had a great time but we were gonna we went down friday morning we're gonna come back uh monday morning and mm-hmm. just skip the last day there's nobody there on the last day that we we're dying to see yeah and um like on sunday night and just imagine johnny in the mothership at a hairband oh. festival <laughs> <laughs> with <Yeah>. his sister <laughs> and i'm lit up like a christmas tree you know what I mean? yeah and um, and then we get the text that the flight's canceled. And we flew Allegiant, which has a direct flight to Key West mm-hmm. from Nashville, which is freaking awesome. But it's not cool when you get stuck there because they only have two flights in and out of Key West a week. Oops. So if you get canceled, now you got to wait till Friday. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden your package deal on the hotels changes. So they go up to 350 bucks a night and mm-hmm. flying out at the last minute from Key West because it literally is one of the corners of the world. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's certainly the United States. If flying out of there is it's free, it was freaking going to be expensive, man, like mm-hmm. thousand bucks, you know, and. Um, so we, we just were weighing the options of, Hey, can we find a cheaper room? Can we, you know, what can we do? And then, um, I checked like Miami is, is the next kind of closest airport that mm-hmm. would have a, a reasonable flight, but that's four hours away, you know? Yeah. So I looked at some buses and, and for whatever reason, the buses weren't running. Um, I don't know if it was COVID or 
or what, but we weren't getting any love there. But I did find a shuttle, which mm-hmm. was like super awesome. And um, so we got a reasonable shuttle ride, uh, Janelle and I did to Miami. And then um, I found like two flights, like one way flights out of Miami to get home. So it was so, like, I'm so, so far behind right now. So your long, <laughs> so your long weekend was like hairband, 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 pull your hair out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Bend over and take it because um, I don't even, like, are you literally like, I don't know how we're going to get out of here. And, and we're just, you know, spending money like crazy. But um, yeah, you got it from, was. Yeah, lighters in the air to hands around the ankles. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. You got right? the calisthenics you want. All right. Oh, my gosh. So, what are we going to learn today? All right. Yeah, that's that's gone downhill fast. So what we're going to learn today is uh, the fact that um, too many times I think aspiring writers don't think outside the writer's room. They think in the room, what am I writing? Uh, Does this, you know, does this tickle my fancy? And they don't think far enough out as far as the end result that they want. As as far as if they want to get cuts, they need to be thinking outside the writer's room. They need to be thinking on the stage. And so we're going to dive into that today and hopefully just help, uh, you know, reset some minds out there. So climbers out there to help you on your journey. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. Awesome. I love it. All right. Well, before we do that, let's take care of a little business here. We are uh, proud, super proud to be a part of American Songwriter Magazine's podcast network. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned for that. We might have some some information coming up here shortly Mm -hmm. on that. Some news, if you will. Hey, man, this is a it, like since 1984, I think it's been around. So crazy. Um, lots of great shows on there. If you haven't checked them out, go it's check them out. My wife's been around. <laughs> hey, man, way to go, bro. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, slow clap for you. <laughs> Join the climb community. If you haven't done it yet, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the climb community. This is a killer thriving community. It's very busy in there. We've got singers, songwriters, indie artists, indie musicians, um, just trying to find their way, you know, helping each other out. Hey, I, I did this and I promote and I did that and I got this gig and, and I got that. And we want to, and we try to jump in there and provide uh, just a really good hang and information. Like whenever I see something compelling, that I think would be valuable to you. I'm going to post that in the uh, climb community mm-hmm. and, um, and we celebrate your wins. We celebrate, we want to hear all about it. We want to hear your music. We want to hear about your gigs and all that, but you got to put it in the right place. Uh, so otherwise you'll get roadhoused out. Don't, you know, no clutter, no mucky muck. That's there. right. We don't spam we the to, jam. <laughs> that's right. We do have like a, like a new heights on Wednesday. What's that looking like? We got some wins we need to talk yes, about. Yes, we have some wins that I'm happy to share with the climb community. All right, let's see here. Uh, one is from Jeff Rowe. He said, Woohoo! I got a, uh, a song I wrote with Matt Rogers has hit number one on the Texas Internet Radio chart this week. She's nice. going to leave a mark by the Darren Morris Band. And so then he has a link where you can hear it. And that is perfectly acceptable. And we encourage that. So, uh, yeah, so that's his top 75 chart for week three of 2022. And, and Jeff has a song sitting up at the top of that chart. It's hard Boom. to climb further than number one. Uh, that's I right. guess you can stay there. Now, Hope you brought a tent. Camp out there for a little while, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So uh, congrats on that. And some Lunchables. Yeah. Some Lunchables. <laughs> That's right. And uh, let's see. Tracy Collins Richardson says uh, she got on the NSAI ones to watch list uh, with one that she co-wrote with Dale uh, Griff- Giffen. Sorry, Giffen. Uh, also another woohoo. And also played a gig last night for state legislators in Indianapolis. So great week. So Oh, Good nice. stuff from both of them. We have other wins. We'll just keep it to this week. Uh, but yeah, congrats to both of y'all and everyone else who listed wins. So if you have a win you want to share with us, come on over to the Climb community. We want to hear about it. We want to celebrate with you. Well, there you go. And hey, make sure that you subscribe or follow the podcast, depending on what platform you are, wherever you listen to podcasts. We are everywhere. And then finally, tell somebody about it. That's biggest thing you can do you spend this amount of time with us on a weekly basis for for a reason it's not because it's an outreach program that you're hmm. that you're setting up for johnny and brent it's <laughs> right. a, it, it, a uh, we're yeah. bringing some some kind of value to get this kind of time from you we're very grateful for that we don't take it lightly but help us help you help your friends and tell them about it tell other writers tell other artists let them know hey there's some good stuff on here that's just going to help you untie that knot of the old music business and 
and and get you on track and asking the right questions and doing the right things to succeed in the new music business. It's a different approach on all fronts. So that's right. <clears throat> do that. All right. So put it on stage. Yeah, that's right. So uh, as I alluded to earlier, I think too many times aspiring songwriters and, and even young pros uh, don't think outside the writer's room. Uh, we get so into the song that we're writing, the intricacy of the melody, the nice internal rhymes, the emotional nuance that we forget something really important. And this really important something is the fact that hit songs are meant to be performed live on the stage somewhere. And so we yeah. can get too much into like navel gazing, you know, only thinking of ourselves and impressing ourselves and high fiving ourselves with how clever or heartfelt we are that we forget about the listener. You know, we forget that the artist wants a song that is going to slay their audience. So, yeah. Johnny, I'm going to ask you a couple questions here. Pop quiz. All right. All right. So I hope I have the right uh, answers. That's right. You, well, it's, I'll I'm have sure some answers. Will. I don't know if they will be the right ones. <laughs> All right. So, but no, okay. no. No, I'm oh, sorry. I thought you asked me already. But not yet. Okay, so, <laughs> all right, Johnny, you fronted, uh, you fronted a rock band. Yeah, lead singer, frontman, rock band. All right, so you've lived this. All right, so just tell me, what kind of songs did you like to perform live? Like, what did you want to go out there and do with your live songs? Uh, well, I mean, I wanted, I just, I wanted to blow people's minds. You know, mm-hmm. that's 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 what we lived to do. That's why we worked as hard as we did. So that manifested itself in different forms. Um, you know, we were not afraid of the power ballad back then. We had mm-hmm. a couple of those, you know, that was a big deal on the radio and uh, a real good way to, to, um, to get the, the female audience there. Yeah. And then, and then it depended on when you asked me like what I like to play, it certainly depended on like what part of the show are you talking about? Okay. Yeah. You know, feel free to talk about um, that. Yeah. So, I mean, in the beginning we want to come out and just, rock your melt your face you know what i mean yeah and just uh, like one like a one two like a one two banger just right out the gate you announce know, just, your presence with authority here i yes, am exactly my claim. Right. all right up tempo high energy maybe a little vocal acrobatics just to uh, as much as i could muster up anyway <laughs> yeah uh, you know, just to let people know, that, yeah, that we're here. You know what I mean? And yeah. then, and then you get the big break, and you're like, "How's everybody feeling?" And they're like, "Holy crap, yes!" You know, <laughs> yeah. we made the right decision tonight. Yeah. And you move on. And then, uh, when I was doing it, there the bit, the unplugged thing was still big. Mm-hmm. So we had parts of our show that were unplugged, where yeah. you know we just bring it way down, just acoustic, and that was more like a vocal prowess thing uh, uh-huh. in terms of the band. Cause we all sang. Yeah. So we had uh, harmony songs that we would do that would just let you know that we've been working real hard on our, on our uh, vocal lessons and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, along with the power ballads are kind of in there. And, and, uh, and then the big, we, and we wrote specifically for this, like the big show ender, mm-hmm. which is basically like a goodbye song from us to you. Yeah. We'll see you next time around that kind of thing. Um, the song was called for you mm-hmm. and it's just like, we do all this for you. And, yeah. and that was it. So it's like kind of a big, like a sort of epic mid tempo, you know, uh, acoustic heavy rock thing, you know, had a lot of dynamics in it. It was just a big anthemic uh, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everybody was singing along and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> That's awesome. All right. So, so you like those songs because they, they accomplished something you wanted to accomplish, right? Yes. And what, yeah. what were some of the things you wanted to accomplish? So you said melt their faces, right? <laughs> or blow yeah, in the beginning, minds. I want to get them revved up. I want to get them, I want to get them excited. I want to own that room. Mm-hmm. Gotta, I got I to gotta get them in the palm of my hand. We didn't go there to put them to sleep. Not, not, yeah. in the, not in the gig that I was at. Right, yeah. And then, and then in the middle, I want to be able to craft that show so we can bring them down a little bit yeah. and just make them – you know, show them that we can sing really well and, and sort of lighten it up and, and uh, put some, put some heart and soul in there. And then Mm -hmm. I want to bring them up out of that at the last half of the show and really rev it up. And then at the end, it's a, it's, I want it to be a moment. I want it to be, uh, I want them singing along. I want them just looking at us going, Holy crap. I can't wait until they come back again. That's awesome. So how do those songs make you feel to sing those different types of songs? Like, did it make you feel confident? Did it make you feel like a rock star? Did it make you like what those songs that you guys had back in the day? Oh yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it, it, 
wound me up. I mean, that's, it's, I, I just, I live for it, you know? Yeah. So, so especially when, I mean, I just live for, for, for that, uh, that visceral, it's pure testosterone and, and, and loudness. And, you know, it was just yeah. so freaking cool to be in a band, man. You know, like I just <laughs> yeah. effing loved it since I was a kid. Yeah. But when we got like intentional with it too, mm -hmm. and and then like I really knew, hey, I'm gonna put this tool right here, mm -hmm. and we're gonna turn this just three quarters, <laughs> yeah, you know, towards top dead center, and then then the next tool I'm gonna yeah. do out here, and then I own you when you started crafting more than just the song, but you started crafting like the show, the show, yeah, uh, you know, making that happen and, and getting that people just freaking out you know getting more money i mean there's like the different metrics that made uh, you feel like you were progressing you know what i mean yeah. that you're getting better that you're worth more that mm -hmm. you're climbing the ladder that you're there to climb yeah to no no, no pun intended uh, pun intended yeah, well, maybe. Um, <laughs> so yeah i mean it made me feel awesome when we nailed it yeah and um and we had that whole that whole audience in the palm of our hand, and we could control the whole mood from uh -huh. the beginning to the end and craft an experience. Um, when we crafted an experience for the audience, it crafted the experience for us. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like you got to give it away to get it back. Yeah. Um, to take care of them, um, they take care of you. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a different it's a different high. You know what I mean? Than um, than just the way, than it is like playing at rehearsal or something when you're playing for yourself. You know what yeah. I mean? It's a different level, even in, even in a, a bar crowd, man, it's a different mm -hmm. level when, when they're really into it and, and you're just connecting and you're hitting on all notes. And, and so it really is, uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta go out there and you gotta give it away the right way. And it just comes immediately back to you. And then that's why you're there. You know, cool. that's, that's yeah. worth everything else. Well, awesome. So I think it's so important for like, as a writer, I don't live that life. I haven't lived that life. It's not something that I think about, um, outside my normal experience. Like mm -hmm. I have to go, okay, let me think about what this is like. And an artist like Johnny or Jason Aldean or Carrie Underwood, what, what do they want out of a song that's going to be on stage? Because that's, you know, if you want cuts, you need to be writing hits or stuff that's going to get staged. It's funny, you know, like I've noticed that terminology for my friends like in southern gospel yeah we staged the song this week i mean like yeah. we figured out how to play it live like like how it's going to look on stage and where it goes on our set they call it staging i'm like oh that's an interesting way to put yeah. it getting it ready for the stage it's like are you staging your songs am i thinking about is this something that could have a place in a live show what kind of place would this have how's the artist going to feel singing this how is the audience going to feel receiving this at a concert because again if you want if you want cuts you're probably gonna have to write a single, right? These days, unless you're mm -hmm. writing with the artist, aren't too, you know, there's not much money to be made in album cuts. Um, so <clears throat> single, which means they're gonna play it in their shows and and what they think will go over well in show will also help determine what goes on the radio and vice versa. You know, I think they feed into each other that way. And so like most, I mean, the artists want the, the audience to have a good time, right? You want mm -hmm. your audience to have a good time so they can give back to you and you're making more money every, they come back to the next show, all that good yeah. stuff. Um, you're hosting a party and you want to be a good host, right? Yes. So, yeah. I'm the MC. You are the MC, <laughs> right. I'm the most famous guy in the room usually when I was on stage, right? Exactly. Typically, yeah. And so also, yeah, artists want to be they want to be the center of attention. They want to they want to be loved and admired. They want to be the most famous person there. They want to be a star, right? Uh -huh. Like that's right. not a bad feeling to go. I f okay, I feel like a star because guess what? That's the gig. Yeah, for yeah. the most part, is to go be That's a star. That's a whole heap and self helping, a whole heap and helping a job satisfaction when you walk off the stage adored. <laughs> yeah, because you did your job that night. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's different when you're not mm -hmm. adored. It, it's 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 a different gig, man. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I was down at the hairband thing, dude, and I was letting Don Doc and have it because let me tell you something. I, I went down there just to see George Lynch, you know, back with Doc and to, to yeah. do it, and and he only and that was the way it was built. And so this is the opposite of what we're talking about. But this is what happens yeah. when you don't deliver. I mean, this is so this is honest. This is real, yeah. and it's 
And I was a little mean and I was a little drunk, but I was also pissed off a little bit, you know, because it was like the George Lynch reunion with Don Dockin. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, this is going to be effing killer. Yeah. I was sure they're going to play Mr. Scary, you know, which is an instrumental. And George mm-hmm. is my favorite guitar player, bar none. It was billed. Nobody lied to me, but it was like this other band with yeah. Don Dockin singing until like the last two or three songs. Yeah. And, and Don Dockin hasn't aged well. Yeah. On his voice, he just is, he was not a good, he wasn't delivering any of the goods at all. Yeah. Everything sung an octave lower and he just looked miserable being up there because I'm sure he hates George Lynch. And, you know, he's just like, he's kind of like a miserable soul. God bless him. I hope, I hope that changes for him. But I yeah. was in no state of mind to handle these shenanigans. Like, I was like, <laughs> shut up, bring out George Lynch. <laughs> yeah, you know? So from that end, I'm there. I paid money. I flew down there to go see that. And I yeah. want to see, I want my mind to be blown. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm there prepared to have my mind blown. What doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And so the other end of that, because we had a little chant going, you know, George Lynch, George Lynch. <laughs> Dude, it was, you know, I'm sure Don was just like, oh. yeah. yeah. We can only be around each other long enough to practice two songs. You yeah. Know? So, but I mean, yeah. so that's the opposite, right? Like he was probably yeah. just miserable um, doing that. And, yeah. but when you deliver, it's, wow, it's, that's yeah. it. It's like you're floating. And, and there are a couple things that lead into that one staging, right? Like the light show, the production, all that stuff to make somebody mm-hmm. have the trappings of a star, all the lights and pyrotechnic and all that kind of stuff, depending on your genre. Um, yep. The other thing is the songs, man. There are songs that set people up to be like stars. There's like star making songs. Um, yes. When you so when you write for an artist, ask you know which is what we do when we try to get cut right. Write for an artist. When you write for an artist, ask yourself: Does this song belong to a star? Like, mm. is this song? I love that. Like, does it does it made for a star to sing? Yeah. Is it that that big of a song? I remember I was listening to a podcast about screenwriting or movie making or something like that. And cause I like to listen to those just cause of storytelling and, and all that stuff. And anyway, it said most of the time movie stars want roles that allow them to be, guess what? A movie star. stars, right? Exactly. They want to be stars. They aren't looking for these small understated roles that stretch their acting chops. Now there are definitely stars that will go and take those roles, you know, yeah. for those reasons, for the art of it. Yeah. But a lot of the time, they need roles and movies that allow their star to shine, to allow them to be movie stars. You know, yeah. Die Hard, Bruce Willis was a, this TV actor until that role and him in yeah. that role made him a movie star. Yeah, action you know, hero, movie star. Action yeah. hero. I mean, Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman, you know. Yeah. Tom Hanks in Castaway. He's like the only guy in that movie. It's him in a volleyball, yeah. you know. <laughs> That is a star. How, how tricky is that? Yeah, like that's yeah. that's that's a lot. That's a big. That's a lot of work. That's that know? is a star vehicle. It's right? a vulgar display of prowess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, same with Will Smith and I Am Legend. Only due to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, there are just yeah. some roles that are written for stars. Yeah. It's, it's the same with songs. Like, how can we write a song that allows an artist to be a star on stage for three or four minutes? So, like, how can we help the artist shine? Maybe it's that big Carrie Underwood melody. We're like, oh my gosh, or Celine Dion. You know, you stand up and you sing that, mm. and you sing that that way. Boom! Yeah. That's that's a star moment, right? Or maybe it's it, a deep it taps hurt. into yeah who they are, like like yeah. what they're if what they their, can pull what their that strong off. points are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To go for people to go, oh wow, okay, that's a thing. Maybe it's a deep hurt of "I Drive Your Truck," you know, by mm-hmm. Lee Bryce. To people go, oh my gosh, that touched me so much, you know. Or the passion yeah. of Garth Brooks, you know, more than a memory. Um, maybe it's a swagger of how do you like me now by Toby Keith or a lot of that, uh, uh, Oh dang Eric church stuff, which is just yeah, yeah. rock star stuff, you know? Yeah. Like when you close your eyes, when you write, close your eyes and imagine the singer like on a stage in front of like 15,000 people singing this song, like, does it belong on that stage? Yeah. Does it make sense up there? You know, does yeah. it sound like it's a big moment, big event, kind of song because for most of us for commercial popular music that's what you want you want them to sing your song and go this is or to hear your song go oh this is going to kill live my people are going to love this this is going to 
up my game. This is going to make me a star. Maybe I've been having singles and they've been doing all right, but I'm not a star. You know how some people, if they finally break through with that song, you know, yeah, they yeah. become a star. You know, it's weird. What? Like I, 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 so I'm a purist at heart, like, especially when it comes to music, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just a purist. It, it's, it's about, and it, which sounds crazy because, you know, hair band, right. Which is trite, but uh, it, it still, there was a purity to it, you know, like mm-hmm. when everything switched over to Seattle, a lot of the bands started wearing freaking flannels and, and beanies. Right. And I'm like, you know, you, we live in Florida. You, you guys look like fools, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I just thought like, okay, now you're chasing your tail and mm-hmm. you're kind of doing this. So I was, you know, there's a, there's a purity in there for me. And when I wrote songs, I, the purity to, to me at the beginning for, and for a long time was really just about kind of honoring the muse, you know, like I was waiting for it to come. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, um, I did none of the things that you pre- preach, you know, none yeah. of the things that you profess, which was, you know, so, so a lot, some time for sitting down to write and do this thing. It was a very, very pure thing for me that, um, you know, I, I could have done a lot better had I, you know, made some of these adjustments and, 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 you know, become a better songwriter and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But my point being that it felt like, and I don't know why this is it, why this is, but I think maybe for some purists, it's like, if you bring an intention into it, Mm -hmm. uh, it's somehow, I I felt like maybe we're taking away from the purity, right? Mm -hmm. Like just, I just let that flow come from the muse and then we write this and it is what it is and it's going to live a life or it's not going to live a life and that's okay. But Mm -hmm. it just that, but that's the difference between, I think raw talent, which is where like the muse comes from Mm -hmm. and like the gift, you know, and then craft craftsmanship, Mm -hmm. you know, is the intention like, okay, now, we're going to take this and do this right here because this is what needs to happen. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on getting real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with factor meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from factor meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store or I could make one of my new factor meals. (laughs) Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. Next, yeah, I know, mean, was and- it less pure when you when you talking about earlier when you started uh, building your show to achieve the highs and the lows and to take your listener on a journey very intentionally <clears throat> through trial and no, error? No, it was it was it was less naive when I started doing that. <laughs> yeah, you know, because before I just had my head on my ass. I mean, I, but I but I, <laughs> I just said that just dawned on me when you were saying that. And I was like, wow, that made me think of that because I I yeah. remember sort of fighting that initially. You know what I mean? Yeah. And thinking that somehow. Uh, that's not pure. If I'm mm-hmm. thinking about it too much, it yeah. needs to just kind of come through me. And uh, wow, was I wrong? You know, because <laughs> it's you know what what target do you want to hit? And you know, if you still want to have those times, you write those songs that you're just like, I'm not worried about anything. I'm just going to write a song. And and there's definitely time for that, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. But you need to be thinking about this stuff before you pitch, at least to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a song that I love. I can't imagine anyone ever singing this kind of thing. But if it's one that you really love, maybe you pitch it here and there. But, man, it, you know, if you have those songs that you can imagine being on a stage and working in front of 15,000 people and making the singer a star, that's just that – that's what they're looking for. They that's want to be money. stars, right? So how can my song 
make them a star? Does it belong on that stage? Does it allow the, the singer to shine vocally? Uh, does yeah. it allow the singer to be super vulnerable emotionally? Like you depend on what their lane is that makes them go, Oh my gosh, that, you know, we've so connected with this artist or to become a heartthrob and make every woman in the audience. Swim. Yeah, does it give you swagger? Does it give does the it singer give... swagger? Exactly. Yeah. Go up and vamp on stage and just completely show off. Yeah. And, and 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 strut your stuff and then people are like swooning you know like oh like like girls love you and the guys want to be like you you know that's the song right that's that's yeah that's what it's it's all performers are like that just straight up like if you're a performer you you seek to be uh, a master in the art of seduction <laughs> I just think of I, George Costanza. And, uh, and really, <laughs> yeah, him on the couch, the timeless artist seduction. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like they're seducers. Like you, you yeah. go out there and try to seduce that audience, you know. And I don't just mean sexually, but I mean you're seducing them. You know, you're like yeah. you're trying to put them under your spell and mm-hmm. and bring them into your world and own them for a little bit of time. Yeah, uh, and have them trust you to do that. You know. Yeah, and so. Does your song help someone do that? Um, also, is it is your song built for sing-alongs, you know, or, or for the audience to sing your lyrics back to the singer? So is, is it suitable and singable for the audience? Remember, this is commercial music. It's not the opera. We want to be able yeah. to sing along. <laughs> you know, operas aren't really known for – and that's the part we all sing along with the fat lady. No, we don't. It's a different thing. Um, also, you know, and you talked about this earlier, Johnny. Does your song have a slot it can fill in the live show? So, is it the opener? Is it the opening blow your mind, face melter? Yeah, you know, hey, we're going to have a good time. I, I told the story back in episode two ninety five about how uh, we wrote a song specifically to be a show opener, and guess what? The artist I wrote it with was already opening his shows with it before he cut it. Yeah, and yeah, he cut it. It's called One Tonight. <clears throat> it's cut by Don Amaro up in Canada, and it's all about making the most of tonight because tonight is never going to happen again. We might have fifteen bucks worth of gas in the gas tank. We may have hundred bucks in my pocket, whatever. But we only got one tonight. Yeah, one chance to I get love. it right. You know, and we're like, <laughs> this could be a good show opener. Going, come on, we just get one tonight. Let's get it right. Come on, you know. Yep. And so it's tempo, it's fun, and that's a pretty good tone setter for for a country show. Mm-hmm. You know, just letting people pretty good tone setter for a rock show too. Not for nothing. I love yeah, that just idea. How you, yeah, mm-hmm. how you Sonics and stuff. But yeah, like we just get one tonight. Come on, you know, yep. don't waste it. Um, also, you know, is your song going to make the singer look good? Imagine yourself as a singer. You know, would it feel cool singing this in front of ten thousand people or on national TV? Is the character in your song the narrator fun or funny or wise or loving or lovable? or inspiring or relatable. Like there's gotta be something that like is going to draw us to the, to the singer. Um, it, it could be, you know, that amazing vocal that makes us in awe of that singer. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That note they hit. Wow. You know, it's like the voice or American Idol, mm-hmm. those kind of shows, you know, it's that kind of thing. Or is it that singer is so funny or you're talking about the swagger, like, Oh my gosh, that just let them be total Bruno Mars rock stars. Right. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. Um, they were so vulnerable. I just want to reach through the camera and give so-and-so a hug, <laughs> you know, yeah, because, yeah. Yep. you know, the, wow, what they did there, they just opened themselves up and they're, you know, there's different ways to be a star, but your song needs to hit on one of those. Not like, uh, you know, that leaves me feeling totally generic and nothing toward that person. And it's just, that's just a thing. Okay. Or they don't seem very, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's cookie cutter then. Right. Like if it's got that, if it, you know, the, it, it, I think when I think of swagger, I think of like uptown funk. Oh yeah, <laughs> with Bruno Mars, you know what yeah. I mean, and it's just all that, all that, that everything. It's like the the sort of slang in the mm-hmm. language, and it's just so, you know, give that to um, Bing Crosby, it's not going to work. You know, what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you've 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 got to, you know, Bruno Mars, you got to have that, yeah. you got to have that thing, man, that swagger to pull it yeah. off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it's it's how you can make certain stuff. It's how why David Lee Roth is david lee roth it's the swagger it's that it's it, you know those songs like they wrote for themselves mm-hmm. and i see where you're going with this like i never I, I you know it's hard for me to imagine the place you're coming from right now because i was always the artist <laughs> yeah you know what oh, i mean yeah, it's a different like, place uh, and 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 i understood as an artist writing songs for other artists so i can i i made i always made that connection that yeah. would be cool but um wow for a songwriter who's never ever 
wanted to be an artist yeah, uh, or who isn't an artist, this is like, wow, this is a really good conversation to have. <clears throat> yeah, and it's one of songwriters need to have with themselves and with their co-writers in the room to go, okay, we're aiming higher than just like the Bluebird or the open mic night I, I may go play. Yeah. I'm yeah. aiming for stadiums, TV, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, 14 million people watching on Fortnite, whatever it is, you know, we're aiming for yeah. something big. <clears throat> and you know, it's funny that, so that sing-along stuff, right? So, uh-huh. so, uh, I mean, I, I told you I went down to Key West to this rock place with my, my sister and my brother-in-law. and So it's my baby sister. So she grew up with this stuff, right? Yeah. Because I'm cranking this up all the time. Bands yeah. practice in the basement. She knows all these songs because her older brother was way, 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 <laughs> way into it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like all the way into it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Janelle... Uh, wasn't like the hair band aficionado in any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> um, much, much more, uh, sort of rock and roll for her seventies rock, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it was funny at the, at, so this is, you know, a, a four day festival of nothing but hair bands. Right. So you've yeah. got some, the real biggies aren't going to be there. Right. The mm-hmm. Motley Cruz and the Aerosmith aren't, you know, they don't, the, 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 the festival can't afford them. You know what I yeah. mean? But you've got a lot of the upper mid-level bands, you know, and stuff like that. So th- these are going to be the ones where um, if you're in the scene, you know the bands. But if you're not, what do you know? The songs. And so yeah. she, she like, she, she, we were sitting out there. And she has no idea who this band is that's on. But also she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I know this song. Yeah. Oh, I remember this song. Like, and now she knows that she's singing along to it. And she yeah. knows that, that melody, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of that sing-along thing crosses over right which is really good so again another reason not to be there's a time to be bluebird and mm. there's a time to you know just rock and roll on the stage that's right, right. you and, know what i mean and and, yeah. and that sing-along is more the result of the song was already hit and already popular but like you're talking about your song for you that you would close <clears throat> your kid gypsy shows with yeah now most people hadn't heard that before unless they'd been to right. other shows right but you got the sing-along thing with it it's yeah. the anthem kind of you know, you build those in, even if it's not a hit yet, you want to give those people and, and people will, you know, take time in their show to almost uh, prep people on how to sing along. Cause right. they know and, well, it's my, so important. My point is it's the, it's a moment. Yeah. You're cre- you're creating the moment. And so what you just described, what you just articulated was the difference between um, a moment that was created in a live show because that song certainly wasn't on the radio. And even if we had gotten a deal, it, um, it would not be a single. Mm-hmm. It would be a show closer. You know, it's a deep yeah. cut, right? Um, <clears throat> and it's the same moment that somebody had listening to that melody or that sing-along on the radio. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and fall in love with that song and sing in love with that song. And then all of a sudden, now you're at a live show. You're like, oh, I know this song. Yeah. Now it becomes that moment, you know, because it is that moment. The moment isn't for you know, the super elitist mm-hmm. snobby songwriter who's just like, well, sure. that's really well done, you know, golf clap. Uh, no, <laughs> right. it's like, yes, I, I want to sing, you know, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> country girl, <laughs> shake <laughs> right. it for me. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, it's, 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 it's a moment. It's a cool moment. And, and some of those things brought me over from th- those transcend, genre lines yeah. you know um i mean i i like country girl shake it for me i still like country girl shake it for me it's, i don't like luke bryan a whole lot i'll be honest with you i could care less about luke bryan but that yeah. sounds cool it, it I like serves that its song. purpose yeah and I, I haven't seen luke in concert uh like since he really blew up i saw him like at the tin roof <laughs> you know years ago when he was singing good directions because that was his only hit out and they wouldn't even him singing <clears throat> Um, or I think all my friends say it just come out. So, you know, that was a very different thing. Uh, but I'm sure it does, does the job. So, uh, another thing that we haven't, we've talked about it, but I want to highlight is tempo, right? Most Mm -hmm. of the show mids up tempos, having a good time, keeping the thing, the energy level up, people partying on their feet. Cause it's easier to either go to the bar and get a drink, which makes a, the owner happy and gets you back if you're on your feet or go to the merch table, and buy a t-shirt, which makes you happy as you know, you and your merch people happy <laughs> if they're already on their feet, right? If they're sitting down, not a whole lot of economic activities probably happening. So keep yeah. them on their feet, having a good time. <clears throat> 
and so most of the time what they want is, is tempo. They don't need many ballads. You know, I've told the story before of uh, this Jake Owen concert where, you know, the one ballad was his, at the time, current single, Made For You. Everything else was mids, up-tempos, having a good time, full band. And then when it got to that single, band went away, solo spotlight on him, walking out to the audience, talking him and his acoustic guitar. Like, total, then it's Bluebird, right? But it's yeah. a single, and it's a love song that, you know, is like he's pouring his heart out to this girl, I was made for you, and all this stuff. It's like, oh, so sweet, Jake, you know? And then... Boom, lights on, party time again. And so it had a moment in the show to have that that variation, some of that, you know, that roller coaster of a ride of a show. It has a point to be there. And so, yeah. you know, we just the answer is going to vary for different artists. What what's going to stage well for them, what they might need for this this tour, what they might need for this this album cycle, this, you know, next time being on the road, this next show. But we do ourselves a favor when we start thinking about it, at least going, what might they need? What's going to go well on? Can I see myself? Can I see myself or can I see an artist saying this? Um, we just did this uh, music industry pitch event uh, with Leah Turner or just the deadline pass. And so Ray and I are listening through songs right now. And, and it's interesting. So I've, you know, I've been thinking about this as I'm listening for Leah, what would be cool for Leah? And there are just some songs on there that, um, you know, most of the songs of course don't fit. That's just the nature mm-hmm. of the beast. You know, you've been there. Mm-hmm. And, but there's somebody like, boy, she's not going to want to sing that in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> right. that doesn't work. That's not one, either it doesn't fit her brand or like, is she going to want to sing about not being kissed till she was almost 30? One, probably not true. Yeah. Uh, two, like, have you seen her? Have you seen the woman? Have you seen her? <laughs> <laughs> if she had been kissed, that's, that's, that's on her. <laughs> That's her choice. Because yeah. so, there's a line down out the door and down the block. Man. So, you know, it's like, you know, is, is an artist going to want to get up and f- say that in front of a bunch of people? One is probably not true for most artists, you know. And, and even if it were true, is that something they want to call out? So, like, boy, pitching that to an artist is tough. Like, if you're the artist, you want to put that out there, then cool, rock on, Be, do you? But because there are a lot of people that can relate to that or whatever. But mm-hmm. or the people that will will like be like, yes, I'm not alone, you know. Um, yeah. But for another artist who's you know, a star is rising and wants to, that just most people are going to want to go. And there's many variations of that. You know, there's a difference between having lost and being a loser. You know, most artists aren't going to want to sing songs that make them come across as losers. You know. Yeah. And. and you know, yeah, there are songs like Creep, because <laughs> I'm a creep. Well, I'm just thinking you that's know, it's going to be very, Jamaican. very specific. You it's know? A, yeah, it's so specific. It's like, um, yeah, so part of it's the kind of what's in vogue at the time. But still, most artists, you know, because even Beck singing Loser, I'm a loser, baby, so why don't you kill me? Yeah. See, that's got swagger, it's but got he's so got swagger. swagger. It's almost like tongue in cheek. It is. It is. You know what I mean? Like you think I'm a loser, baby. It's right. kind of the way that comes across. Well, I'm wearing like a badge baby. of honor, so I'm cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? yeah. There's a swagger to that. There's, uh, you know, uh, yeah, as opposed to you know just some big wound. Yeah, people seeing um, that at his concert. Do you think they were really like? Woe is me. I'm a no, it was, it still made you feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it still right. made you feel good. So, if really just, you know, for one thing, go to concerts or pull them up online and see what people are actually putting on stage. Not what you think they should, but what people actually do on stage, what they sing. Go, what's the service in this song? Why is this song getting played? Why is this on this stage? Getting sung from the stage. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I got, I got something to add to that. Yeah. So, uh, two things like one, just as an artist and as somebody who always, you know, wanted to be on stage from the time I'm in what, like fifth, sixth grade, you know, like every time I wrote a song in, even in the beginning, no matter how crappy it was, it was all about like, while I'm writing it, I'm picturing what the light show is going to look like and, <laughs> yeah. and where the risers are on the stage. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Like the biggest show possible yeah. because that's just what you do when you're dreaming, you know, and, and, and you're doing it and that doesn't go away. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like that same little kid dream 
thought hustle uh, is is what you're doing. You mm-hmm. know, when you're on top of the game, you got a number one single in your Motley Crue, and you're like, what if we took the freaking drums and, and, <laughs> and spun them around? You know what I mean? Yeah. When you did the solo, you're like, wait, what? Like, yes, let's do it. You know? Yeah. Um, and so it's like you got to have that sort of uh, that little kid thing, but. On on a different level, like I'm thinking right now about something about like live show production, yeah. right? With like what Tom Jackson does, mm-hmm. and um, and Wade Sutton did some of that. Our friend Wade Sutton, yeah. and he turned me on to this uh, artist from uh, San Diego. A guy's name was Corey Wilkins, country artist. Um, and Corey had a song about like whiskey. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't, if you put a gun in my head, I couldn't tell you what the name of the song was, but you know, country artist, whiskey, go figure. <laughs> yeah. Me, yeah. But like they made a moment out of this. So he mm-hmm. had shot glasses yeah. made with the name of that song mm-hmm. on there. And then he would announce before they were going to sing the song that they had these shot glasses over and everybody should go get one and then go get a shot with it because we're all going to have a toast. And then there's a big stage production that happens, yeah. you know, where they had a spotlight and you're talking about like Jake Owen with this single, mm-hmm. the, the love song thing. It, this was the same thing, except it's a, it's a, you know, a bar stool on the stage with a single spotlight black stage and a shot glass. Yeah. On the bar stool, you know, and they did this whole thing around it. And that dude would sell out shot glasses every single night. Yeah. In a bar. (laughs) Right. So, you know, thinking about it that way of and and so I think I just encourage you to have that imagination. Mm -hmm. Like just here's where if I, I, I don't I don't know. How can you not like want to? secretly be a songwriter or secretly be a, a rock star even if mm-hmm. you're not even if you know everything that comes with that and you you'd never actually do it yeah but we all would just be like oh yeah, oh, yeah. well you the know. thing is we all i mean we're music fanatics that's why we're here that's why you're listening yeah. you know yeah. and so <laughs> so yeah. go there go like, that extra mile think about that big 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 show and what is this song gonna do yeah i mean come on in you're probably show. a rock star in your car Come on, you know you are in the shower. I'm a rock star in my own head. Exactly. So okay, <laughs> I look a lot different now. <laughs> so, but it's okay. <laughs> so yeah, pull that in. Like okay, uh, okay. If I'm jamming out in my car, if I'm jamming out in the shower, whatever. Like okay, bring that swagger to my next song. Going, I want somebody. You know, what's going to make somebody jamming? In? in their car to this. I mean, that's another way of looking at it too, but yeah. Um, they're just some to think about, um, you know, a good companion, we're talking about tempo, you know, fans want to have a good time. And so most concert songs are mid or up tempo. Just come back to that. It's a, a good companion episode for this episode, by the way, is episode two fifty nine, which is don't overthink a hit. Uh, talk mm-hmm. about my buddy, Aaron Goodwin, who's a hit artist. And, uh, we talk about, you know, just, Thinking about what the fans and what they want. So that's episode, climb episode 259, Don't Overthink a Hit. That's a great companion piece to this one. Uh, but, yeah, think about stage it. It, it. It's meant to go, if you want the song to go further than your writer's room, it's meant to go further than your writer's room. And you need to think about where it could end up and does it belong there. You dance, you, you get dressed up at the house for the party you're going to. You don't get dressed up at the house for the house and then show up at the party. Uh, why right. why are you wearing your 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 sweatpants and your you know whatever and your your hoodie with all the holes in it? Well, that's what I got dressed in when I was at the house. But you you were coming to the party. You get dressed at the house for the party you want to you're going to, right? So you write your song in the writers' room for the stage you want it to be on. Yeah, just for the job you want, not the job you have. Exactly. Don't. Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, that's it. Hey, I got to have a gift for y'all. It's, it's over an hour. It's the Power Hour. It's uh, over an hour of interviews with hit songwriters, hit publishers, producers, that sort of thing. It's basically kind of like a sneak peek at the uh, at the Songwriting Pro member area. It's going to help you get your head on straight, learn from people with cuts by and hits by like Garth Brooks, Jake Owen, Lauren Daigle, Kenny Chesney, Tim McGraw, and more. It's ridiculous. And I'm giving it away. It's my gift to you. You can find it at songwritingpro.com forward slash preview. 
songwritingpro.com forward slash preview. You can find it there and uh, get a look at it there. And so it's a songwriting pro power hour. And I hope you check it out because it's going to be good for you. But that's what I got for today. All right, guys. Well, that takes us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure you join the Climb community, follow the podcast or subscribe to it and tell a friend about it. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.